0: Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit-empowered adventure? Then stick around, you're exactly where you should be. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. Today, I'm excited to share a more in-depth story of my son's birth. And I had shared a little bit on Instagram, but you can only put so much in those pictures and captions. So I just wanted to talk here more today and actually it just really helps process. And I've had people come on the show and share their birth stories and they're like, I just feel so good processing this birth. So this might be a little bit more therapeutic for me than it is interesting for you to listen to, but who knows? I love listening to birth stories, especially when I'm pregnant. And they really, each one brings such a special look or insight into how birth is. And birth really is not cookie cutter. You can't just put birth into a box and expect it to look all the same all the time. And so even the stories you do hear, you will know like my birth is not going to look exactly the way it did for her. I'm going to experience things completely different probably. But to know that it can look a million different ways and still be super positive and wonderful and magical and beautiful. That's such a encouraging thought. So hopefully as you're listening to this story, you feel encouraged and you take away a lesson from this story that you can apply to your birth. I know every birth story I heard, I found a little lesson or a little key in there that helped me prepare for my birth. And each birth that I have, I I take away a little something and I'm able to process and learn from each birth that I have. And this one was no different. So let's just get into it. And I'm going to start all the way at conception because I think it does add to the story. Back in January on my birthday, actually, we... (laughs) learned that my grandma would need a caregiver and so we ended up selling her house moving in march to start helping her around the house a little bit well a couple of months later after we had moved in at this big transition i found out i was pregnant and it was very unplanned but at the same time, we both knew that another one would join us eventually. And it it was funny because two weeks before I found out I was pregnant, I was in the inner basement and I was just, I just was hit with the fact like, this world is so crazy. But Lord, if you want another human being in this world, like I'm an open vessel. <laughs> like I was very open. To if the Lord wanted to give us another baby, I was going to happily receive that. Well, two weeks later, found out I was pregnant and I was processing with Corey. I was talking about how I was so excited to have a fourth baby for just always felt like such a complete number to me. And I was telling him how many times, like, if we were leaving church or a store, and I'd count heads of my children and be like, one, two, three, four, who are we missing? And obviously, we didn't have a fourth, and he was not even in our consciousness yet, I guess, but we were waiting for him <laughs> specifically. I knew that. He's going to come one day. And as I was telling my husband that, he's like, that's so crazy. I have been counting four children too for a while now. So we quickly became excited about having four children. It definitely felt right. And when I found out, it was interesting because I just, this one felt like it needed to be secret. Like this was a pregnancy that I just was holding very close to my heart for some reason. I had absolutely no desire to share on social media. I had no desire to really share with friends or family. And it wasn't that we weren't excited. It was just so special that I just wanted to keep that to myself for a while. So we actually kept it a secret until I think it was about 12 to 14 weeks. Granted, a few people did find out, mostly because I was so sick this pregnancy. I actually threw up at work for the first time ever, and that definitely gave it away. <laughs> it was awful. I This pregnancy, I was the sickest I've ever been. With the girls, I maybe threw up a total of like mm, once or twice between all three of them. And with him it was just terrible. I would get the waves of nausea and it would knock me down. I would start to feel it come on. And then like my head would spin and my mouth would get all watery and I'd pop in a ginger candy and I'd run to the couch. and I would put myself in a fetal position. And then I would just like wait until it kind of subsided. It was the most bizarre feeling ever. It was terrible. <laughs> and That's just where you found me. Most of that first semester, I was just on the couch or in my bed surviving. And it was so interesting, but I grew such empathy for people who suffer with severe morning sickness. Some things that I just couldn't stand were the smell of coffee, peanut butter, although I have not been able to handle peanut butter since I got COVID right after I had my last daughter. It was just certain smells that would be very triggering to me, but coffee definitely was one of them. I remember, I think I was probably seven, eight weeks along and um, we were celebrating the girls for something and went to get a gluten-free treat from the coffee shop. And I was like, I can do it. I can do it. Like I almost threw up in the car, but we could do it, you know? And we opened the door to go into the coffee shop and it was like that wave Hit me so hard of the coffee smell. It and was, it was like, it pushed me back. It was so strong and awful. And I immediately got sick. And I was like, I cannot go in there. So I did not drink coffee my whole pregnancy, although my nausea overall started getting better around 14 weeks. Other than that, this pregnancy was so extremely laid back to the point where I just did not feel the need for any prenatal care or anyone around me telling me things about my baby. So I would measure my fundus if I wanted to. I would listen with the fetoscope on my belly by myself if I wanted to hear the baby. I would feel my belly. I didn't feel any need for a urine test. I just Felt so connected and so peaceful about this pregnancy. It just was a time to like lean in and relax. And the word that I kept getting during this pregnancy was integrated. If I had to describe to anybody, I'm like, this just feels a part of my everyday normal life. This is nothing new, nothing special. It's just pregnancy. It's just, I'm growing a baby and that's what it is. And I'm extremely happy about it, but it's just so normal to the point where I didn't need to do anything out of the ordinary and it was beautiful. It was such a normal thing. I mean, I know I did have so many other stressors in life that I just didn't want pregnancy to be one of them. I had enough things to think about and it wasn't a, (laughs) I'm going to ignore pregnancy to make cope with my life it was more of i know what it's like to have stressors and i know pregnancy is such a beautiful thing and i don't want that to be tainted with stress and so my intuition was just saying like i can lean in trust the process let go of control let god do the growing of the human and honestly it was truly beautiful and it was peaceful just to be Pregnant, I did have a friend who used to be in midwifery care or like be midwife come over a couple of times, and we just talked about how I was doing and how I felt like the baby was doing, but it was not clinical at all. There was emotional things and that I like process, and we worked through that together. And I just felt so extremely supported despite not getting like the basic prenatal care. It's interesting because I do feel like there was more emotional healing and breakthrough during this pregnancy than any of my other ones. And I think it's just because I was so open to whatever the process held for me. And that doesn't mean it was easy. My goodness, no. I had a lot of anxieties come up specifically about my water breaking. And so from Like 26 weeks to basically the time that he was born. (laughs) I was worried about my water breaking. And it's funny being a birth doula, you're exposed to all different kinds of birth, and you know, literally all the different complications that could happen. And it's really, and then as a nurse, don't even get me started, but you get this nurse brain where you're like constantly assessing yourself of what could be wrong with you. And so I was constantly assessing and worrying about that. And so it got to the point where I was like going to the bathroom constantly just to check to see if my water had broken. And this was at 30 some weeks. And so I was able to go and Kind of talk through and work through that and ask the Lord to heal that part of my heart that needed healing. And I got so much freedom from that, which I'm so extremely thankful for because that was not a fun way to experience pregnancy. But at the same time, it's like the Lord knew there was a part that needed healing and it wouldn't have maybe gotten healed if I wasn't open to that during this pregnancy. So I'm thankful for that. I work as a nurse, and have access to ultrasounds. And now this is kind of funny, but I've struggled majorly with legalism when it came to birth decisions. So what that would look like is I'm going to do all of the right things. I'm going to make all of the perfect decisions, and then I will have the perfect birth. So basically, I'm going to control every little thing I can control, and that will guarantee a specific birth outcome. I just wanted to make sure I was doing all the right things to prevent something bad from happening. And it's true. There are decisions that have certain consequences. And so I was just trying to rationalize in my head, like, what ones can I control? What can I not? And it's something I just have struggled with in my own mind for as long as I've been having babies, but it was my struggle with control specifically. That was the lesson that I learned in this pregnancy. I not only had to let go of my cares in pregnancy, but of the thought, like if I have any interventions at all, then I failed or I'll cause something horrifically terrible. And Having access to ultrasound pregnancy was kind of interesting. I did use it a couple of times just to help myself get more acquainted with baby positioning. So, towards the end, I would try and feel baby and I couldn't quite figure out where the baby was laying. So, I just would put on the probe really quickly and see, oh, yep, there's a head down there. Okay, I'm good. And it felt really good to not stress about making wrong decisions. I also did have a friend help me look at the heart mid-pregnancy as we had some family history of heart issues. And it was just kind of good to hear the heart and good to look at the heart, but it wasn't a full like anatomy scan. And the thing I thought I went into it, like I was a hundred percent informed of these ultrasounds. And I was, I had the complete say like I want to be done now. I only want to look at this. I only want to do a quick check of where the head is. And it was so great that I was able to walk out with zero guilt. Now, the natural birth community, so wonderful. Truly, truly, they have a heart for women. They have a heart for babies. And sometimes we can come off a little strong. I get it. It's because we care. I promise. But I think sometimes we can get too caught up in the do's and don'ts of things instead of focusing on trusting mom's intuition, even when it comes to interventions and knowing too, that there is freedom, there is grace. And even despite like some of our decisions, we can still walk away with no trauma of a birth or very little needing processed. And not every pregnancy, not every birth is going to look the same, even for the same woman. I mean, my births are completely different. Each one, um, we have trends. Like you can see my births like to be longer, but I don't know. It's just a miraculous event that is experienced differently for everyone. And that's so beautiful. So I get to 40 weeks and the prodromal labor hits hard. I went into hiding basically the next like two weeks. I really didn't go out anywhere and just kind of cocooned in and waited and waited and waited. (laughs) It got to be forty one in five days, and it was the day before my birthday, and I had expected him obviously two weeks ago or before my birthday. And having a birthday baby, I never thought I would get that far, but also it was one of my biggest fears. I was like, oh, I don't want to have a baby on my birthday. And part of it, I mean, a big part of it was like selfishness on my side. I like to be celebrated for my birthday. And I didn't really want to share that with somebody to be honest. And that's, Now that he's here, it's like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest gift I could have ever been given for my birthday. And the fact that we can share that together is so, so special. So it's it's funny how we can go in thinking this is definitely not what I want. And then on the other side, the Lord's like, But aren't you glad I gave it to you anyways? (laughs) Truly a gift. But my husband decided to work late that night, the night of my birthday night before my birthday so my mom came over she helped me with girls until midnight and then she's like oh I better go home well before she left we had been watching a movie and I kind of started realizing like I'm having super sharp like leg pains in my thighs and my butt and I would get one maybe I don't know every 20 minutes to a half hour and I, I was like, this is interesting, but I'm also just totally going to ignore it. This is not anything. I'm not going to have a baby on my birthday, so I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> and so she ended up going home. I got into bed and my husband got home around one o'clock, went to bed, and then I woke up an hour later. So around two, two consistent, and they were sharp. They're very sharp contractions. And I was just able to lay on my side. I sang through them. And that was maybe about an hour. I was just kind of leaning in and singing and relaxing. But at some point, I was like, I'm kind of bored, (laughs) kind of like, I need to get up. I was just a little restless. I thought I would get in the shower, see if they would stop. They started to intensify. So I woke my husband up because I wanted the pool. And he was setting it up in front of the fireplace. I was just kind of riding the waves on the couch. I called my friend and photographer Jamie. Over and I remember just being so emotional on the phone. I'm like I think I'm in labor, <laughs> and she's like, "It sounds like it." So she ended up coming over. Well, I got off the phone with her and realized that my husband was having some trouble setting up the pool. So I like I tried to help him, and I look at the liner and it was the wrong liner for the pool, and it, oh, I was. Like, really, oddly, not upset about it. I felt like I should be more upset about it because I had kind of pictured wanting, or it sounded romantic, I guess I should say, it sounded romantic, to have a birth pool in front of the fireplace with the snow, and it, was, it had snowed, and it was beautiful, and I was like, this is ideal. This is what I'm going to have for my birth, but anytime I would try and really focus on that, I couldn't fully picture myself having a baby there and just be like blank I couldn't really imagine it well thankfully it makes sense and it ended up not working at all but I definitely felt more comfortable in my room I just went and hid away in my room and I stayed there until the baby came and it was my safe place I felt so comfortable there okay and now it's time to share one of my sponsors with you after my first birth which ended in a traumatic c-section i started researching literally everything including things that go in and on me and my family's body i started getting rid of everything first starting with cleaning products and then over the counter meds but makeup has been the hardest thing for me to replace it seems as all the natural makeup is in powder form. And with the type of covers that I like, it just was not cutting it. That's when I found Araza Raza Beauty's all in one coconut cream foundation. This foundation actually improves my skin while providing sun protection. And of course, even coverage with a dewy finish, almost like a BB cream. It's perfect for everyday wear. Plus it's packed with ingredients like jojoba oil, probiotics, antioxidants and zinc oxide, which provides SPF 28 coverage. I also love that Araza Beauty is a woman owned and dedicated to giving back to victims of domestic violence. I feel great about supporting this company, which makes its super luxurious makeup, even more satisfying. Now I recommend with starting with the foundation, see what I did there? Foundation, <laughs> you won't regret it. Just to make it easier for you, Araza is giving my listeners a special discount of 15% off. So go to arazabeauty.com and use the code empoweredbirth at checkout. My birth worker friends, they all came over around five in the morning. My mom came around six. It was so amazing to have women that you know, love and trust be in the home with me while I was laboring. They each had their individual roles and like the pictures and hands-on support and just even holding space for me. I mean, I really wanted my husband to be the main support, but there was some times where he had to go deal with the girls or go out and do something. And it was so nice to have somebody to just relieve him for a little bit so I could still hang on to somebody. <laughs> just looking back, like it's so special to know my mom was there. I heard her doing the dishes and it was like, oh, someone's taking care of my house. So like my mom is here. And it felt so good. She didn't even have to be in the room. She was just maintaining my home and that brought me such peace. It was truly so so special. I could hear my girls playing and Yeah, it was beautiful. I don't know. I have really long labors. Oh, just going back to that. This is what I call community birth. And I think, and honestly, I just pray that there is a shift in the birth community, even in the natural birth space, because we can get really extreme. I last time was like, I don't want anybody. I don't even know if I want my husband there. Like I'm going to do it all by myself and to each their own, but I had to really assess like, why in my heart am I trying to push people away in this moment? And it wasn't for good reasons. And this time I was really able to lean into the support and be thankful for the community that I have around me. And it was such a beautiful thing. So community birth is just so beautiful. Highly considerate. But I have really long labors and I had asked people to pray, like, can you just ask the Lord and be praying for me that it's only like 10 hours at the max? (laughs) And it was close, but I'll get there. It was very start and stop again, even more so, I would say, than my first VBAC. That one was starting to stop where I felt like the early labor wouldn't ever get into active labor, but this was, I was very much in active labor around five o'clock, four or five o'clock and the active labor would stop. And the pattern was just so confusing. I would get contractions and they'd be super intense for like, I don't know, 10 minutes. I would get one boom, 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 boom. And then nothing. I used a comb for the first time. That was nice. It really helped me focus on that. I actually really appreciated it. I used the shower. I moved in literally every position I could think of. (laughs) And it was just a very intuitive positioning, which was so wonderful. And after a while, my friend suggested a position kind of leaning back into my husband. I'm guessing because she was like, maybe the head will become more engaged because it just felt like he was not engaging or coming down very well. And we decided to listen to the heartbeat during that position change. And it went down to, I believe it was like the 40s or 50s. Crazy, really not a good reassuring heart tone. So I got into bed, laid on my side, We checked the heartbeat again and it stabilized. And it was just interesting because we're all kind of sitting in the room knowing that this had just happened and we're all assessing like, how do we feel about this? (laughs) Are we feeling okay? And I, the whole time was feeling peace. I was a little annoyed isn't the right word, but it was like, I know that if we wouldn't have listened to the heart, Like, I wouldn't have even known if this happened. And I know it was not an intuitive position to be in. So I was like, I just will keep doing what I'm doing and keep getting in positions that feel good for me. And we checked up baby's heart a few other times after that. And it was totally fine. It very much stabilized. And it just was normal after that. I remember getting to a point, I was crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, please help me. It feels too intense. Where are you? Each of my births have felt so spiritual and so connected. And this one, I felt so discombobulated. Like, I felt completely out of control. Like, I wasn't handling the contractions well at all. And it was so frustrating for me. But after he was born, I was really struggling with some anxiety and just feeling very low. And I had some the friends over that were at my birth and I was kind of asking them like, what did you think? What were you feeling during that time? And do you feel like I was out of control? They're like, absolutely not. you were like, so well like we would have never guessed you were struggling <laughs> and it's just so funny what we can get into in our heads even though on the outside we look totally composed or on the opposite we look like crazy animals and on the inside we're like riding those waves with enjoyment and I've done both so each birth like I was saying is so incredibly different but fast forward I went into the bathroom sat on the toilet, and that was definitely by far one of the most comfortable positions I had been in. At that point, I had been laboring for about 10 hours. I hadn't looked at the clock or really had any idea of what time it was until this point. And as I was walking to the bathroom, I took a peek at the phone, and I saw I'd been laboring longer than I wanted to. It was fun. But at that point, I thought, like, what's new? I've been here, you know, <laughs> I can do it again. But then I had also been asking my husband, like, or telling him more like, I can't do this for another 10 hours. He's like, you're not going to, I was like, don't say that I'm going to be in labor forever. (laughs) But he was very confident and he could tell that the baby was coming quickly. Thankfully it was quick and I didn't have to wait another 10 hours but I was sitting on the toilet and I was working through contractions and my water broke and we all jumped. It was so funny. It was so startling. I don't know. I had started to feel pressure, but I was going to wait until I got the sensation to push like I had for my last two bursts. And I waited and waited and waited and I felt the pressure, but there was not like nothing was happening. I did not feel like he could come down at all. He felt so low, but no pushing sensations came. And it was so confusing. I was so frustrated. <laughs> so I, I don't know, fours and I went through a couple of contractions there, but I just didn't feel grounded enough for me. Like I couldn't feel comfortable to push. And so I moved to the end of my bed in a squatting position. And this is the same position as I did with my last baby it felt so familiar, so grounding. It was, I don't know, maybe that's just my position, but I squatted and leaned over the bed and still no sensations came And I was just so frustrated. So my friend suggested like, I mean, you could it a little push, see what happens. So I did. And sure enough, he came down lower and a couple of times, finally felt like labor was doing something. I was like, okay, like, it's productive. (laughs) I reached down, felt my perineum and his head was there. And I was just, I'm like breathing him out last time when I was doing that, I just kind of felt her head very quickly, but gently kind of squeeze out. But his was just hard. Like it wasn't moving as fast as I remembered. So I I pushed a little bit and then his head popped out. And then on the next contraction, I gave this really big push and nothing happened. And his little shoulder was a bit stuck. So my dear friend, man, she had me get into a lunging position. She rotated both ways until he scooted out. And as he came out, we all looked at him. Well, I didn't, but everybody in the room saw that he had his cord wrapped around his belly and then both shoulders it was like a necklace hanging on him it was so interesting but it made sense of why it was taking so long for him to come down because his cord was so short since it was wrapped around him that it had to come down with the placenta so the placenta came out pretty quick after that it's so amazing to see the design of birth If he had come sooner, the cord may not have had time to be wrapped enough to protect him from prolapse. If I was in the hospital, I would have been begging for an epidural. How intense it was, for sure. I mean, I remember looking at Corey this time so pathetically and asking him to give me permission to transfer just with my eyes. It was like so... Pathetic looking up at him, being like, Save me, just tell me I can go to the hospital. But I didn't want to say it out loud because I knew if I did, I'd lose all composure and I didn't want to go there. So, I mean, if I would have been listening to people who were not in my body tell me what positions I should be in, his heart rate could have continued to struggle. And it's amazing when you can tune into your intuition how protective Earth is. He came out and I was holding him. <laughs> and it was just the longest birth pause. Like with my girls, I grabbed them up and I was like, oh, they're here. I was so emotional. I thought they were the most beautiful things in the world. But after 11 hours of his birth, I was just so relieved to be done. And then I look at him and I was like, Obviously happy and obviously relieved, but I remember a thought going through my head, like, oh, he stinks, like, and he looks so weird, but then it was mixed with like excitement, and I just could not understand what was happening. I felt so weird and out of control. I still don't quite understand. And there was just a lot of processing then needed to be done about his birth with not just myself, but the others who are here. I use a lot of mood stabilizing herbs, a lot of food rest before I could have that like really bonding and happy moment with him. And obviously now I, I'm just so obsessed and I've experienced this deeper love than I've ever experienced before, but I don't know if anybody else has experienced some weird thoughts when their baby comes out, but just felt very confusing. And I think the whole labor felt confusing. And so the postpartum time was interesting as well. But I'm just so beyond thankful for, again, the community I invited into my birth space is the same community that supported me postpartum. And it was beautiful And we just had so many people bring us meals and watch our kids and bring coffee. And it was amazing. And I'm just so, so thankful for each message that I got, congratulating me, checking up on us. It was beautiful. And I'm so beyond grateful. But I'll just leave it with this. Home birth is safe because mothers are safe. And mothers who aren't being coerced or rushed, mothers who are supported and nourished and healthy, birth itself has many protective measures to preserve the life of both mother and baby. If we would not still have a very, if not, we would still have a, the active society that we have today. So we're here now because our great grandmothers and great, great grandmothers all birthed at home. It's truly beautiful. Yeah, that's his birth story. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to know some of how I processed the anxiety of the water breaking and maybe find your own specific fears and work through those and ultimately find joy in your pregnancy and birth, I highly encourage you to go and click the link for my new ebook, Finding Joy in Pregnancy and Birth. Um, You can buy it on my website or you can buy it for Kindle on Amazon. And that just helps support the podcast so we can keep coming out with great episodes. So thanks again for listening. And as always, stay empowered.